again, it's a requirement, and something that's a requirement, of course, cannot be from another min, because if it would be from a foreign min, then it would be Baltasif. So we started discussing yesterday this theme to have an egg from the min of a lulav, which led to the discussion that you don't just need, you don't just have to have an actual lulav, anything from the lulav tree is kosher for dal min. Which then brought us to another discussion about a sukkah. And we said that Rabbi Huda's shita is that a sukkah, the schach, whenever we say the word sukkah, we're referring to the schach, that the schach of a sukkah, the schach of a sukkah has to be from the Dalad Minim. That you can either have for schach Lulav, Esrik, Hadas, or Arav. That's how we prove that obviously you could use Lulav, you could use the tree of a Lulav for your Eged, because you could use the tree of Alulo for your schach. So says the more one last point on that issue. This is on Lamed Zion, Lamed Aleph, about ten lines, seven, eight lines from the top of Lamed Zion, Lamed Aleph. Last word on the line. When we are of Yehuda, our boss, meaning in media clean alike, did Rabbi Yehuda ever say such a requirement that you have to have, that you have to have schach from Dalad Minim, and that's it? Vahatanya, we learned in a brisa. Sichach of Benesarim shall eretz. If a person made schach out of boards of cedar wood, sheyesh behem Dalad Tfachim that are four Tfachim wide, they're for sure possible. Which means you can do something that's 100% kosher for schach. Take a piece of wood. It's not a kabbaltuma. It's a flat piece of wood. <coughs> it grew from the ground. It's a flat piece of wood. So there's nothing technically wrong with it. But it's too roof-like. It looks like a roof. And people will confuse it and say, aha, you could just have soak it in your regular house. So because it was too roof-like, we said, sorry, that's possible. It's possible for some. So if a person took schach, that the boards were four tfachim wide, which means 16-inch wide boards. If a person took boards that were 16 inches wide and made schach out of them, that's for sure possible. No one accepts that. Let's say it doesn't have Four tochen, it's a three tochen, it's 12 inches, something like that. Then Remeyer Paisel, <coughs> Remeyer says that's still possible. It's got to be smaller than three tochen. That's still too big. Rebuhuda Mashin. Rebuhuda says, no, that's kosher. That's kosher. And even Remeyer, who says that if a board is bigger than three tochen, it's possible for schach. Moidur of Meir, Meir admits, Shem yesh beneser leneser, if there is, in between each board, Kimali neser, the width of a board, then Shem pesel beneher, you're able to put regular schach, pesel, 
is a word for regular stuff. Pestle literally means garbage. Meaning, what's the opposite of a nice board? Garbage. You know, just branches and twigs and that kind of stuff. That if you fill the gap of the boards with regular stuff, garbage, called pestel, then, then it's kshayra. Okay, so we have a machlekes between Ramey and Rebihuta, bigger than four tfachim, is for sure bad. From three to four is a machlekes between Ramey and Rebihuta, if it's acceptable for schach, and Ramey gave a remedy that even if it is three tfachim, which generally he says is puzzle, if you alternate and you have kasher puzzle, kasher puzzle, then it's okay. That's the topic over there. But hey, one second. What kind of boards did Reb Yehuda say he's using? Reb Yehuda said he's using boards of cedar wood. He's using shaleres, mini arazi. Says the Gemara, you see from here that Reb Yehuda does allow other materials for schach besides just the four minim says the Gemara, my Erez, what does it mean? Cedar, Hadas. Erez is a generic term for a lot of trees. And an Erez doesn't just mean cedar. In fact, one type of Erez is a Hadas tree. So Rabbi Huda sticks to his shita. Rabbi Huda sticks to his guns and says that only Dalad minim is kosher for stuff. This that he okayed an Erez over there is talking about an Erez of Hadas tree. Is that Washington Adam that's talking about that? Because the Apostle Erez means Zidawood. No, then we're going to bring a Apostle. Kidarabba Amri Bey Rav, we said in the Yeshiva, Asara Mine Arozimhim. There are ten types of cedar trees. Shinamar Eteng Bamidbar, I will place in the desert Erez Shita. An era is called Shita, the Hadas, an era is called Hadas. <laughs> so says the Gemara, you see that eras, although colloquially, eras means cedar, but eras is technically a general term for a lot of kind of trees. That's awesome. Yes. But it says that Shita, the Hadas, that's the part that's of That's a possible Nishai, yeah. yeah. Are you about Kari like Yishra? No. Uh, you're like, okay, you're like, yeah, like question is that a possible? If I was a Balkari, I would know that. No, because it's not a haftarah. I mean, like right. to know like random sukkim and yishai in my mouth is like a, right. it's a whole level up. Anyway, so that that's the end of to that. Go to the yeah, yeah no, trust me, those guys don't know you shy in my mouth. You don't Okay, fine. That is that's a holdover. You, you, from... you could bring it right that Erez also specifically means cedar wood, though. Eight Erez, the Shnu Silas. So that's a good question. Can a person use can a person use Erez of that would be a good child. Can a person use Erez of Hadas, like this Gemara, for for Tsaras? I, you can make the case very good for that. But you say that it's a type of cedar. Like, a <laughs> like cedar is a generic. I mean, cedar doesn't have any specific properties to keep moths away. Like what? 
What's maybe Caesar is like, uh, you know, like, I mean, in, in, you know, in, in, the entire, in the entire proper, not in Vian, it's it, 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 cedar. It's it, cedar wood. All over it, it's cedar wood. Maybe there are different types of maybe there are different like maybe like yeah like we had before in, yeah like we had before in sukkah that you had something that it's called with a shame levi asa and asa mitzrah so maybe when the Torah requires eres so then the Torah is requiring eres without an accompanying name whereas when Rabbi Huda says in the mission of eres he could be he could be meaning any eres I can hear either side. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I'll tell you why. Because um, if you look at the rest of the pasuk, if you look at the rest of the pasuk over there, it's clear. Tais is as a shivu tasha, but if you look at the pasuk over there, you'll see that it's clear that it's one list of many arazim. That in other words, because it says Eris, and Eris isn't included in the number. So you're forced to say that Eris is going to each one of them. Something along those lines. <coughs> okay. Remeyer says, I feel the Meshicha, even with a string, you're allowed to tie it. Tanya, the Gemara basically repeats the Mishnah. The Kapis Tamar asks, why? Tanya, Omer, Remeyer, Maisebi, Kiri, Shalayim. There's a story with the Yakir Yerushalayim. So Rashi says Yakira means the wealthy people in Yerushalayim, Shayu as that they would tie their loving Bigimanyes Shalzov with um, gold ties. Um, this is what they were Kapas Tomorrow was asking why they repeated this. Yeah, so the yeah, so Kapas Tomorrow finds one difference between the Bryce and the Mishnah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if he meant this for Pshat. Is the in the Mishnah it says Anchi Yerushalayim, and the Bryce it says Yakir Yerushalayim, and the um, the Kabbalist says that it's bringing us down to show you that only if you could afford to do such a hider in the mitzvah, you should do it. If not, you shouldn't. And that's why it bears repetition. And that's the only difference between how the Bryce brings it and the Mishnah brings it. That's that's why it repeats it. That's uh, maybe a little, for today, like you say, you can only afford the nicer. You should love the Marisol. No, that's only in like the ties. This is a hit. Yeah, yeah, those $25 patient clock. That year. Um, says the Gemara, so, you think you have a proof from there? Okay. End of that. <coughs> now we get to a series of Gemaras that Rava corrected somebody else, in most cases Rabba. The Rabba's going to say a halacha, and Rabba's going to correct it. And each one is a fascinating halacha that is very, very useful. Says the Gemara. Rabba said, Rabba, lahanu to those megadle, growers. So Rashi explains, megadle doesn't mean growers. Megadle means professionals. That Rashi brings people that are called megadle in non-agricultural jobs. So megadle doesn't mean growers, it means professional Hashanah sellers. So Amul Rabba Lahanu Megadle Hashanah. Rabba told those 
Koshana sellers, the Beirish Galusa, and the Hasarish Galusa. He got Lisu Aishana the Beirish Galusa. When you assemble the Lulav for those in the Reish Galusa, Shairi Bebesyad, leave a place to hold it by your hand under the Eged, under the golden Eged. So that it should not be a chatzitza. Which means, which means, don't put the tie all the way at the bottom. Give some space, put the tie a little bit higher. Put the tie above where you hold it. This way, when your hand holds it, you get a clean hold. You get a clean hold of the hadasim and arabis and lulav in your hand without a chatzitza. Um, there's a huge debate from this Gemara. If, for instance, if a person wears a ring, if there's a question that a person wears a ring, or more than a gay, a person has a band-aid, if you could take lulav of an asterisk, do you need, is this Gemara prohibiting a chatzitza at all? Like, for instance, when you go to the mikveh, any, any part of you is a chatzitza, so do you need an entire holding in your hand that nothing can block your hand against the Lulav and Hadassim and Aravis? Or, as long as Hadassim and Aravis and Lulav touch your hand, even if they don't touch your entire hand, for instance, you have a bandit on one finger, that's not a chatzitza. And it's like a big fight either way. Meshavura paskins l'hakel on the end, but it's a big, big, big deal because we see from here that there cannot be any I mean, Rava might defend it in a second, but he's not going against the din of chatzitza. There is a din you cannot have a chatzitza between your hand and the Dao of Minim. Whether that means your entire hand or not is a debate, but you definitely need to touch the Hadas Manorovas with your hand. Why should you think that you need all five hands on it? Because, because that's not a full hold. We'll see why in a second. We'll see why in a second. It's because it says l'kichatam, v'lakachtem. We'll see in the next tomorrow, it says l'kachtem, you need a l'kichatam. And therefore, l'kichatam means all of your hand. Otherwise, it's not perfect. If you're going to cheat today, you need both hands to, right? So no, both hands is a different story. But but the hand that the lulav is in is not fully touching the lulav. It's a chesar with kichatama. So so again, if you're holding that, you need both hands all of the lulav right? Both of them. You're not holding it in your full hand. That lulav is not being held in full but hand. But all of the hand that is holding it is holding it. Okay. Is that only when you're making the bracha or, or yeah yeah back? meaning meaning um, and the bracha is the duryotse. We'll see that soon. And afterwards is Hidr Mitzvah, which we'll talk about right now. Not because it's that important to talk about, but because of the passing in this week's parish, so we have to talk about it a little bit. Um, so says, said Rabba to the growers, to the assemblers, make sure you leave a handle over there to touch it. So it's interesting. Some Rishainim, not Rashi and Taisus, say, hey, what do you mean it's a chatzitza? 
It's Zekhele Van Veyu. Like a Rav Minahar asks, why is it Hatzitzit? Zekhele Van Veyu. Why? It's part of the mitzvah. Rashi and Taisa say it's a, it's a, it's a hefzik even though it's part of the mitzvah. Even though, even though it's Zekhele Van Veyu, it's still a hefzik. Because it's old. It could be... Because, oh, so Rav Minahar, Mamash says, like you said, Rav Minahar says, yes, <laughs> since it's a foreign material, it's a hefzik, even if, even if, it's Zekhele Van Veyu, because, let's start again. The Kasha, the Mishnah said that everyone agrees you need an Eged. The question is, is it a Chiv, or is it just an enhancement like Zekhele Van Veyu? So, Rav Minahar asks, so I don't understand. Even if, worst case scenario, it's Zekhele Van Veyu, so it's still part of the mitzvah. Rashi and Tesis don't agree to that. And this, is, this is a big, big mahalik. Is Zekhele Van Veyu a part of the mitzvah, or is it a separate chiv to enhance the mitzvah? Is Zekhele Van Veyu a chiv from the mitzvah, in which case it would not present that's what Rav 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 Minahar is used to. Rashi, there's all, yeah, there's a chiyu of Zekhele Van Veyu. But if it's part of the mitzvah, then it can't be gold. If, if enhancing the mitzvah is gold, it's gold. I mean, that's, it's that's, be, that's, that's, that's Rav 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 Minahar's answer, which is really a Gemara we'll get to in a minute, or next week. Saying, if you're saying that the whole thing that we said before was that if it's Archaga, love it's Archaga, so if it's Archaga, because it has to be part of the, you can't have a promotion either. So then the gold won't work in regards to Zakhele Van Veyu. It's got to be something that falls in the parameters of the mitzvah. Yeah, yeah unless, you, unless you say that Zakhele Van Veyu is a mitzvah. That, that was the skin of that school. Is my estrogen box Zakhele Van Veyu? No, because you don't use it when you shake it. So it's Zikhana part of the mitzvah. You're not touching it when you're being kind of mitzvah. Says Rava, Oh my Rava, Rava says no. Ko lina oisai, ene chaitzitz. Anything that is there to beautify the mitzvah inherently does not make a chatzitzah. Which means, which means that nothing to do with any other factor if the intention of doing something is to make the mitzvah more beautiful, it automatically doesn't constitute a chatzitzah. Why? What's the pshat? So the Rishayim explain what that is, is it becomes bottle. It becomes bottle. We know by chatzitza, if you never, you know, why is your cavity, your filling in your mouth, not a chatzitza? So I was going to ask you, is that only by lulav and esrogy? No, it's by anything. It's by anything. So no, but kolon say doesn't make a, it doesn't, it's not a lumbus, it's a fact. Your cavity, you can tell because what comes out. What's the lumbus? Your filling comes out? It doesn't. That's why it won't be a chatzitza. Why? It's not your body. The tarot is, if you intend on leaving it there forever, it's bottled to your body. It's not carrying so, it. So re- right. Why? Because it's, because it's bottled to your body. So the Ritva and the Ran explain that if you're doing it to beautify the mitzvah, you're totally dedicated to the mitzvah, which means if it's a temporary gold holder that I'm going to take, take from the lulav and use for other things, then... It's not bottle, and it, it is a chatzitza. Since I wanted to beautify the mitzvah, I totally dedicate it to my lulav and esrog. I give it over. It's bottle to the lulav and esrog because 
I want it there to beautify it. So Mimela, I'm evapel it to the Lul of an Esring. Therefore, it does not constitute a Chatzit. So why can't I shake my Esring with my Esring holder? Shake it, it'll be bottled to it, and now I'm shaking all together. Because there's that's no not din. also for the mitzvah. That's like a carry. There's no again, din. again, I'm being no. vatal to the mitzvah. No, 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 I'm saying no, no, holding no, the, no. The, 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 the holder. No, 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 no. <laughs> what you're saying here is no, 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 Outside of Hungary, to have a nice wool, a nice esrog box. According to the thing, I'm vatal it and it becomes part of it. What's you, the difference? It's part of the esrog now. But you can't. Why doesn't that work? But because you invented this. There, you didn't invent lul of tzar haged. Lul of tzar, lul of tzar haged. You chose a fancy thing to beautify it, and you're mavatla to your dalad minim, so you chose a thing how to be mekayim rechiv, so it can become part of the mitzvah. There's no chalik of the mitzvah to have an esrog box. So you, I don't care what you want to be mavatal it to. There's no part of it to have an esrog box. Mashenkin. again. You have to. Exactly. Exactly. That's all separate from Zechariah Mabeu. The answer, the answer part. Yeah, this is not Zechariah Mabeu. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Why does it matter if it's, it's if there's a mitzvah if it's bottled to it? My point is on the, on, on that that it's bottled. Because you so if it's bottled, it, it, it's it's part of the esrog. You can't invent things to be mavatal ka mitzvah. If it's necessary for the mitzvah and you intend on keeping it there, then you can be mavatal. But you can't. No, why can't I? Why can't I leave my esrog in my pocket? Because that's not part of the mitzvah. It's not called the lakicha. You have to take your asrik. Mashegin, here I am taking my lulav the way the Torah told me to, with an agad. I chose to make the agad beautiful. But I'm doing what the Torah told me to. It's a recommended part. I just upgraded the part from plastic to gold. Mashegin, you're inventing a thing called an asterisk box. I mean, your forefathers invented it. But you're like, that's not part of the mitzvah. Back to this, I think what we were making this point earlier, if, you, if it becomes part of the mitzvah, so then why is it become a problem with Valtaisa? Now you have a... Oh, because we're, we're in the sheet of Lulu Ben Tzarek. Avada, you're right. No, because everyone agrees that an egg is a chel of zekel mavir. There is a beauty in being <laughs> in the dollar minimum. And it's and it's a recognized. So I don't need it to be part of the the, the mint exactly. under it. Wait, under it, I don't need it to be uh, to, to be the mint. I could use a, a, a plain gold without. Yeah, yeah, exactly. According to the sheet, you do not need to have only. Yeah, you're saying little ain't sarhagin. So I don't need it. It's just like heaven. So again, I'm back to my asterisk box. No, so little ain't sarhagin. No, 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 no. But there's an official zekhele van veu in being maaga the lulav. There's no official zekhele van veu in an asterisk box. There's no official that knows that there's a recognized Zechel Ivan even not in Rabbi Huda, of rule of Tzarek Here? There's a sheet, though. No, that, everyone agrees. Everyone agrees that if it's not rule of Tzarek there's Zechel Ivan We had that on the bottom of that wide oven. That early. would be, be yeah. Zechel Ivan Yeah, yeah. One more thing, that point that you were talking about, that like, so this thing becomes bottle, like you'd have like a filling. Then Mordechai says something about like by carrying on Shabbos, 
but not everything that's like a watch you can or a that's, that's a malvish. So that's separate. So it's not. No, but, that's, 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 that's that is off buckle. Malvish is buckle to the wearer. But you can't go in the. But it's still it would be a chatzita. So you're again still chatzita because there's different. You know, it's not the exact same thing. I'm saying. You know, it, in other words, depends what what the bar is. When you're talking about a mikvah, your body has to go in the mikvah. So it's not. I don't care how you walk. Your body has to go in the mikvah, so it's a chatzita. When you're going on Shabbos, you are allowed to walk in Rosh Hashanah how a person walks in Rosh Hashanah and his, with oh, his mouth. So no, it's, yeah, it's a different bar of what, you know, what counts. Right. right. If it was normal, I guess, to go into a with clothes on. Right, then it'll be that easy. But if a guy's wearing, you know, his clothing plus a baseball glove, that's, that's already too much. The Pasuk says in Parashas Eitev concerning the mon. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu, when you were in the Midbar, oppressed you, and starved you, and then gave you the money. <coughs> now this Pasuk, if you look at the <coughs> flow of the Psukim and Parshas Akev, the Torah over there is telling us all the great things that Kaddish Baruch Hu did for us in the Midbar. Your clothing never wore out. You never got tired. I gave you the mon. I took care of you. It's telling about all the great things God did for us in the midbar. So why is it necessary? Or why is it even appropriate? And how does it even make sense that the Torah drops in in the middle of all the great things that God did for us in the midbar that God made you starved and oppressed before he gave you the mon? So the Sasemes brings a problem in this week's parsha that the Ramban discusses, everyone discusses. Right after Azyasha, we have two episodes back to back. Very similar episodes, very similar outcomes. <laughs> First, Tara says, <clears throat> they traveled three days and they didn't find water, and then they found water, and the water was bitter. And therefore, they couldn't drink the water, and they were very thirsty, and they complained to Hashem, and Hashem said, throw a stick into the, into the water, and it'll make it sweet. And, huh? Hadas, either, it's a, it's a three and a half way machlekes. Hadas, olive, or poison berry, um, the Kuyaka brings, and the Rupshim Baruchai says, it means throw entire into the water. I don't know, literally, or figuratively. Um, that's one episode. Immediately following that, the Torah brings another episode. The Torah says they were starving and they complained to Akkadosh Baruch They said, listen, we would have much rather died in Mitzrayim out of natural causes than being schlepped in the midnight <laughs> dying of starvation. So Akkadosh Baruch brought them up. Two episodes back to back. And the Roshanim Ramadayim, fascinating deal. When it came to water, the Torah said exactly what the problem was. The water was bitter, and therefore they were thirsty. They had nothing to drink. That's why they were thirsty. When it tells they complained about food, back to back, right next to each other, these two parishes, it doesn't say what was wrong. It doesn't say, we don't have food. It doesn't say, our food is spoiled. It doesn't say our food is rotten, bad, tasteless. 
It doesn't say what the problem was. It goes straight to the fact we need food. Now why? If the Torah chose to identify why they complained about water, what was wrong with the water, why doesn't the Torah also say what was wrong with the food? The Ramban himself makes this deal, that the Torah tells you what was wrong with the water, why they complained. Why can't it tell you what was wrong with the food that caused them to complain? Says the Svasemes, Mamash beautiful. <coughs> the Torah exactly means what it says. There was no problem with the food. They had food? They had food. They had plenty of food. They had packed up, you know, like your Yiddish grandmother, packed up food, plenty of food. They were not missing any food. And that's exactly why the Torah doesn't say anything about them missing food. Because there was a problem with the water. There was no problem with the food. Then what were they complaining about? They were complaining that our lives are empty. We have no spiritual food. Which means for the first time ever, they went from being slaves. Slave has no time to think about, you know, my life is empty. I have no roofness in my life. All he cares about is getting full. Now they're free. And they have food. And they say, our lives are empty. We're starving. We're starving. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu responded by giving them the mon. The mon meaning spiritual food. Says the Sassamas words. The complaint about water was a physical complaint. We have nothing to drink. The water is bitter. We need water. That's what the Torah says. So you give them water. By food, you know why it doesn't say the problem? Because there was no problem with the food. It was a complaint, we're empty spiritually. Now we understand the Pasuk and Parshas Eight of Gorgeous. Hashem made you starving. Hashem made you oppressed. That's in a list of all the great things that Kaddish Baruch Hu did for us. How is that great? He gave us the sense of missing something. Of all of the favors that Kaddish Baruch Hu did for us, He gave you clothing, he fed you, he took care of you, and he gave you an appetite. He gave you a sense of a loss. He gave you a sense that something is lacking in your life when you don't have ruchnias. That is of the list of the favors that Karsh Baruch did for us in the Midbar. That in this week's parsha, he gave us the feeling, I'm missing something in my life. For the same price, Karsh Baruch could have had us not feel missing, not complain, not need the mon, and not have this feeling in our lives. Karsh Baruch gave us the sense. It, it's a very important sense. You know, if we would not have the sense of hunger, it would be good for me. It would be bad for the rest of the people. It, if we would not have the sense of hunger, people would starve to death. Karsh Baruch gives a yid an innate sense that something's missing in my life. I need Ruchnis in my life. And that's Mamash from the Milas that we're praising Karsh Baruch Hu in Parshas Akim. He took care of this need, he took care of this need, and he gave us, he gave us a sense of starving <laughs> and hunger and oppression when we don't have, we don't have Tyre. And that's Mamash, what they were complaining about over here by the meat. They said, we don't have any spiritual nourishment. We're not slaves anymore that we're happy with getting a shirt on our back and a meal a day. We're missing terror. We're missing sustenance in our lives. And that's what Akash Baruch gave them to complain about. Now, 
This is a very, very important thing. We say every time, Pesach is that whatever we ask for, our Karsh Baruch will give us. Whatever you ask, Karsh Baruch will give us. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? What are you asking for? Whatever you ask for, our Karsh Baruch will give you. The bracha that we're saying over here is that a person's hunger should be for Ruchni's take of things and not just for Gashmi's take of things. On Thursday night, a series of Gemaras in which Rabba said a suggestion and Rabba dismissed it. So the one we uh, discussed last time was Rabba said to the uh, Lulav set assemblers, when you assemble the Lulav in the Reish Galus's house, make sure to leave a um, uh, place to hold it before the Eged, because the Eged would be a chatzitza, to which Rabba dismissed it and said, eh, anything to make it nicer is not a chatzitza. Anything to enhance it is not a chatzitza. And like we said, the lambdas then from the Ritva and others, that <clears throat> if it's there to enhance it, if it's there to make it nicer, then it's bottled to it. So that's going to be Nagaya right now. So let us start the next din that Rabbah said that Rabbah dismissed. Va'omar Rabbah, I would say it's about 10 lines to the bottom of Lamed Zion of Anak. Va'omar Rabbah. Leilinkite Inish. A person should not take Hishana, his set of Dalad Minim, Besudra, with a handkerchief. Which means, you know, this guy has like a fine schmacker where he doesn't like the, um, the thorns. He's, he's going to take his Dalad Minim in a handkerchief. What more sanitary that way? I don't know thing from Egypt. And he takes it in a handkerchief and he like wraps it around. Says Rabbi, that's a bad idea. Because you need a lekicha tama, a perfect taking. Rashi says that lekicha tama is derived from the fact that it says villa kachtem. Rashi is based on a Gemara. The problem is the kashas we're about to ask on it do not have any lekachtems in the pasuk. So each one's very complicated to fit with that explanation. But that is the explanation that Rashi does give. So Rabba says, Rabba says, listen, well, you know, if I would ask you from like an outside perspective, can you take a Dalad Minim using something else? The answer is of course yes. Because what's wrong? What's wrong? It says take it. You know, I would be hard-pressed to tell you why if you don't drive it when it's in your trunk, you're Yaitse. Meaning, if I ask you in English, could you, you know, give me, could you pop your trunk for me? I, can I put something in your trunk and you take it to Ben Blackman? <laughs> can, I, can I give you something to put in your car and you take it, take it to New York for me? And you say, yeah, I'll take it to New York for you. You never touched it once in your life. I put it in your trunk 
and my relative picked it up from your trunk in Brooklyn. Is that called taking it? Yeah. That's taking it. You took it to New York for me. It was schlepped in your trunk. Now, if you would have sent it, UPS, I could hear why you didn't take it. But you took it. So the fact that the terrorist says, take Daladinim, why would I think you have to touch it? Why would I think you can't take it with a handkerchief? Take it in your trunk. It's called taking it. So Rashi feels a need to explain because the terrorist says, a full taking, taking in the fullest sense of the word. Ultimate taking. Ultimate taking means not in your trunk. Ultimate taking means take it by hand. So that's definitely the plan of the Gemara. Where the Gemara derives this need from, we could debate. Rashi says it's from Lakachtel. Because otherwise, I took it. it was, I took it in a bag. I took it with a handkerchief. But the Gemara says, Rabbi says you can't. Says the Gemara, Verova Omar, no, Lekicha, Acher Shmolekicha. Rava says, taking an item, using another item, for instance, picking up Dalad Minim with a handkerchief, is the fullest sense of the word of taking. Taking with a handkerchief is ultimate taking. And therefore, I'm not disagreeing with you that you don't need to take it well. I'm not disagreeing with you that you don't need to take a Lekichatama. I'm telling you, taking it with something else, taking it by a secondary item, is ultimate taking. It is just as good. I'm not disagreeing with your lumbus. I'm disagreeing with your fact. And I'm saying taking it with something else is just as good. Is this different than chatzitza? Yes, yes, this is different than chatzitza. We'll talk about chatzitza. But that's what I was thinking. It's, it's, it's a shot in like... You, like uh, I think it was, I was also by uh, standing for monastery, right? If you could stand on your own without taking the yeah, that's, table that's, that's, yeah, stand right? on so your own. So if you take this esrog, this rule of an esrog, whether it wouldn't be held up with it, with the cloth, it would still be, you could take the cloth away, the lula would still be yeah, held that, up. Yeah, that, yeah. So what's the difference? If, uh, no, no, I mean, that, 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 standing is standing, holding is holding. You know, like that, you know, standing means, like, you know, like in English we say, you're on your own two feet. Standing means on your own. Standing by definition means on your own. Um, so that's, that's that. Okay, so here, what's the difference here? Why is it not called taking if you're holding it? It just happens to be... It's a, it's so, oh, so, 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 that, so that's what we said at first. Meaning, taking it could have included putting it in your trunk. There's obviously, Rashi says from Lakih there's a higher standard of taking it over here, an ultimate taking, which means don't just take it, means hold it, that we learn from something else. In that, Rava is saying He's not arguing on that on that limud that you have to really, really, really take it. So says the Gemara How do I know? How am I going to prove that taking using something else is called taking. So for instance, for instance, let's say, you know, tonight you had supper. And since other people in the room, you ate with a fork and knife. So when you took that piece of chicken with a fork, is that called taking or is that called using a fork? Using a fork. 
What's that called? So Rav is going to prove taking, using something else. Did you take that piece of chicken or not? L'kicha, you did the racha. L'kicha, you did a fork. Is that called taking or not taking? So make a, a lot of, uh, specifically an example that you gave that that's the normal way of taking. Notice most people will take with a fork. More, 99% of the people will use a fork. I suppose the rule of it may be different. Or maybe, 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 maybe but I don't know if the tire would have demanded. I'm sorry, you want to use a different example. I don't know if you pinpoint that. I, know, I want to use that example. I'll show you why in a second. <laughs> Says the Gemara. the time. Says Mark. How do I know this? The Tanakh. We learned in a mission. So, we know that there's a process of spraying the Mechatas, the Paradum water. And that process is as follows. They would take, but you need two ingredients for Paradum water. You need the ashes of the Paraduma, and you need the Mayim Chaim, which is water that comes from a spring, not a mikvah. And you have to, we'll see in a second, not again this right, the next right, you have to put the water in the keli first, and then put the ashes on top of it. And then when you have that mixture, you would dip in the azive. Azive is long grass. It's um, in English called hyssop grasses. But I don't think that helped anyone know what it is any better. It's long grass. And you dip the long grass into the tube that contains the water mixed with the ashes. You take out that grass and you sprinkle it on the person that needs paraduma sprinkled on him. So, says the Gemara, Ezaiv Kutzer. Let's say my tall grass is not so tall. And when I'm dipping it into the, into the tube, to get to the water, it's not long enough to reach the bottom. And the Torah demands that I take the grass. The Torah demands that I take the grass. So now it's very important to know, can I attach the grass to something else? You know, for instance, a fork, and use that to get some length, to get additional range within the tube, and then I will get the grass to the water, but I'm not holding it. Says the Gemara, that's fine. Ezev Kotzer, if a person has short grass, misafka he can assist it, bechot, with a needle, ubekush, chot is a string, I'm sorry, ubekush is a darning needle. I don't want to say that word. Um, you ever watch your grandmother like do needlepoint? So like, this is like that long needle. So it was like, cause the kind of needle that we have won't get you very much distance. But you take that darning needle, that's like a good thing. You get you like all the way in. So says the, says the, uh, that's fine. You could attach the fork, so to speak, or the needle or the string to the azive, and that will get you deep enough into the, into the, uh, to the cylinder in order to touch the grass to the water. V'tayva, and dip it in, umala, and take it out, then you grab onto the ezev, umaze, and then you can sprinkle the guy. 
Amai, whoa, how are you able to do that? The Torah demands that you take the Ezev and dip it. Amai, v'lokach v'tovel amrachmona. The Torah says, v'lokach, you will take it and you will dip it. This is where that Rasha that said, v'lokach ten, is the source, is very problematic. But nonetheless, the Gemara asks, you will take it and you will dip it, demands the Torah, and you are failing that demand. We're forced to say, you see from here, that even though you're not touching it, but since you're using something to get it, that counts. That counts. Says the Gemara, no. You have no raya that you could hold something by something else. That is better. That case is better, and that's why the Mishnah allows it. That's even more than just holding it using a handkerchief or something. Says the Gemara, Dilma Shani Hasam, Kivan Dechabre, since it was attached. When you tied that string to the grass, it was attached. When you stuck that needle through the grass, it was attached. So there, that we can all agree on. Generally, I will tell you, says the at this point, generally I will tell you, it doesn't work. And if you would take Dalad Minna with a handkerchief, that's not sufficient. That's not good. The reason it's good over there, even though the is no good, is because it was attached. The needle was attached to the grass. The string was attached to the grass. Okay, so that raya failed. That raya failed. We'll see if we have time to come back and discuss ramifications of that raya. But says the Gemara, Elamehacha. Okay. I'll give it another attempt. So, we said that they used to travel, you know, they used to go around to, from city to city in order to <laughs> help people that were tame and spray the water on them. So they would travel with two containers. One container had the water, and one container had the ashes. And the Torah says, you shall place the ashes on the water. So you need an asina. So says the Mishnah, Nafal, if it fell out by accident, from the tube that the ashes were held in to the bowl that had the water, it's possible because you didn't put it there. So says the Gemara, you see from there that the only thing that's possible is if it fell totally by accident, totally inadvertently. Hahipilai, Let's say you felled it. You made it fall. Like this. Notice, falling means the cylinder was standing up and whoops, it fell down. Ashes spilled out, went into the bowl. That's not good. Instead of it falling, let's say I poured the ashes into the bowl. I didn't touch the ashes. I didn't take them and sprinkle them. I didn't take them and put them. I poured it out. That's fine. As long as it wasn't accidental. Ha he pilohu. If he poured it, it's kosher. Says the Gemara once again, Amai, Vilokchai, Vinasan, Amrachmana. 
it says clearly that you have to place it. So the Gemara says, this is your right. Here, you're right. You never touched the ashes. You only poured the ashes from the cylinder. It's fine because lekicha ide davracher shmo lekicha. Yeah, yeah. In other words, in other words, the Torah demands a purposeful thing. Yes, yeah. That's the Rashi on the bottom. The Torah demands a uh, a uh, you have to do it on purpose. But um, but so we have a raya that lekicha ide davracher shmo lekicha. That is. That is Rabbah's second suggestion that was rejected by Rava. So, so far, Rava told us two chedushim. Number one, if it's to make it beautiful, it's not a chatzitza. Number two, which is obviously a much bigger chedush. Next. Next. In other words, we both said that you can't have a chatzitza. It's just that it's not side. This sugar is not a side. So why won't the sugar be chatzitza? So, okay, fine. I don't want to say anything. Um, so like this. The Svasema says to Kasha over here. That Svasema says, I'm going to use this to answer your Kasha. Svasema says, now we don't need the Gemara's last dichoy, which means you tried bringing a raya from the darning needle. You, at that point, are saying, no, that's much better because it's attached. Now that the Gemara did come out in Moscow, that is being attached better. Now you may ask, who cares? If I always have the, you know, pocket aces of then why, why would I ever need the attached thing? Right? Says the Svasemus because is only when it's beautiful. It's only when it's a mila. It's only when it's nice. So you see that this, the, the lumbus, from, from the Sas Emesis Shaila, you see that the lumbus of the Kichai Acher is also an enhancing thing. But if, for instance, let's say I would take, you know, like the mechanic has like that, like a rag in his back pocket? Mm-hmm. Let's say I would take Lul Vanessa with that, for sure it's not good. Because then you can't say, so it sounds like this is just an extension of Alaska Mark. Because there you can't say that it's it's beautiful, it's to enhance it. But if I take out like her maize scarf and I like I wrap it around the the of Asher and I show it, like, you know, you know, that I take something nice and beautiful and hold it like that, then then it's good. So that's what I'm saying. When I'm when I don't have the kichay why would I not have that? Because it's bizyoyness. It's like that rag from the auto mechanic. Then do I still have the mila of if it's attached? But you see that you see from the SSM is this long this that it's that it's yeah. Yeah, so this you're right is an extension of the last tomorrow. Okay. Let's try to do one more one more one more Rabarava. 
Avada, yeah, we proved we proved Lakicha the Rachar Shmolakicha. Says the Gemara. Vomar Rabba. Says Rabba. Loi Lidaitz Inish Lulva Bahishan. A person should not force his Lulav into his tied Hadassim Arava. So apparently they did like we do nowadays. You know, a lot of people have the Kaishikol, that two, um, that two thing. They have their little Hadassim and Aravas together, and every day they put in and out their Lulav. So says Rava, let's say you have, like, somehow, I guess it's not protected by the Kaishikol. You have your Hadassim and Aravas set up. Says Rava, do not force your Lulav in there. Like, leave this person should not, like, stab. You know, we find in the Gemara, but it's our dutz means to stab. Like, you know, um, when you put the knife in the ground to kasher, that's Lashon dutz. Don't stab your lulav into your hadasem and aravis, the dilma nasri tarpi, because maybe you will pull out leaves. Don't be rough with your hadasem and aravis, because you may rip out some leaves of the hadasem and aravis. Veheve chatzitza, and your hadasim and aravis will be a chatzitza to your lulav. Now, now, I don't know about you, any, any, unless you're like really, really good, everyone has ripped leaves in their kashik. Every single person has ripped leaves in their kashik. So, Rabbah is bringing up a huge problem. Forget stabbing your lulav and yeah, you shouldn't do it, because you may have ripped leaves and it'll be a chatzitza. And how about us with our kashik? We all have ripped leaves. Everyone has ripped leaves between their their lulav and hadasim and aravis. I don't know why they don't make the whole bigger. It's like the solid. Because then you're you think it'll be this big. Those are in the those are in those are not touching the lulav anyway. But they. This all then means why is it why does oh hold on one second one second that's Rabbi's answer. What's the havina? What's the havina? We got to discover min mina and chetzit somewhere. This is it. This is it. We learned chas from brachas till sukkah lamed zayin, and no one ever said min b'mina No, but what's the what's the reason? I know as we discussed before that having a different min type. This is all the same min. It's all everything. Oh, well, one second, because there it's productive parts of lulav and esrog, not dead parts. Each thing is serving a purpose. It's not garbage. Here's garbage. This is a re- rejected Hadassim and Aravis leaves. Not rejected all. It's, it's, you're using it to tie it together. That's not a Hadassim, but these, when you stab your lulav into it and cause them to rip off, they are psalas. They're garbage. They don't count as any part of the mitzvah once they're off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Are we talking about, again, yeah, the Hadassim? I can use the lulav. Wait a second. I can use the, the, the branch of lulav that you rip off. That I can use the tie, but the hadasim and the rabbis. That's, that's, that's constructive. That's pretty. You're not tying it. That's also not chaitis between the hadas and the lulav. That's chaitis. Ah, so one second. Ah, so one second. One second. One second. So, says the Gemara. Says Rava. Vomar, uh, says the Gemara. Verava. Verava. Amar Rava says, eh, min b'mina in chaitis. One thing, on its own. It's not a chatzitza. So, you know, I don't know if um, you've ever been screamed at by some idiot in shul in the morning. 
when you tie your tefillin on, or if you do right into this, you tie your tefillin on in the morning, and like some guy like comes and points out to you, like this one's on top of this one. You know, it's it's not a chatzitza, because tefillin can't be a chatzitza to tefillin. One thing is not a chatzitza to itself. I'll give you that's one very practical example. I'll give you another practical example. I'll give you another practical example. When you walk to the mikveh from the shower, so you have shower water on your feet. And then, like, do you, do you like, take off the shower water before you go on the mikveh? No, because water is not a chatzitza of water. Min benina is a nechaitzitz. That's not my, uh, what's it called? But who cares? And you, you, your, be, your uh, nose isn't my shuvim either, but it's not a chatzitza to your body. I block it all out. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying all the things are not <laughs> but, I'm gonna forget we talked about this. <laughs> but 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 no min bimina It's one thing to itself. What's the shishim idea? No, it's mute Glamour, anything you're picking up in Talbot's mikvah is mute I get there. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara, V'rov amar min b'mina enechaitzitz. Now, let's do one more Gemara, which sounds very repetitious, but the way to answer the repetitiveness is, is your ha'ar. V'amar Rabba, once again, le'liga is inish lo'uva b'hishayna. Sometimes, a guy, a guy has like a super long lulav, or too fat or whatever. So the guy has his lulav thing, and it's sticking out 10 feet on the bottom. So, so the guy wants to cut it. So I cut off the lulav. There's like 10 extra inches of, of lulav past the bottom of my last rubber, and, and still my lulav is bigger than the ropes. And, and the guy says, it's too, too much. It doesn't fit in my car from like side to side. You know, like I can't put it down when I go off the shoulder. So, so what he does, he snips off the bottom. Now, <coughs> when you snip off the bottom, you know, every like inch of lulav is two more leaves coming out of it. So by snipping off the bottom inch, there's two leaves that now aren't attached to nothing and are extra leaves. So they're chatzitzas. So says Rabba, same deal. You can't snip the bottom of your lulav without taking off those leaves that are now unattached to add some lulav because they will make a chatzitza between they will make a chatzitza between the lulav and the hadasim and aravis, to which a person should not cut off the lulav once it's tied in to his dalad minim. Why? Because now he will have extra leaves. Mishtairi is less than shirayim, like leftover. Hutza is leaves. So you'll have extra leaves from your lulav, they have a chatzitza and it will be a chatzitza. Rav, once again, Omar, min b'mina and a chatzitz. Min b'mina is not chatzitz. So two things we have to talk about. First of all, you just said the same thing twice. I get it. You can't in any way, you know, you have dalad minim in your hand, but actually we're only talking about three of them now. You have lulav, hadasim, and aravis. Make sure, Rav could say, that nothing falls off of any of them. 
Because if something falls off of any of them, it will be a chatzitza. So I could say this a couple ways. Make sure no leaves fall off from the hadasim by, you know, stabbing them. Make sure no leaves fall off from the aravas by stabbing them. And make sure no leaves fall off of the lulav and cause the same chatzitza by cutting them. You're saying the exact same thing twice. But why did Rabbah need to say this in two different days, two different <laughs> headlines, Rabbi came in Bismarck one day and said, Rabbi, I have a very, very, very important thing to discuss with you now. Don't stab your lulav into your adas manarabas. Rabbi argued, fine. Next day comes back in Bismarck, Rabbi said, I have a whole new thing to say. Don't cut your lulav at the bottom because the leaves are going to be a chatzitza. That was yesterday's year. It's a new example. That's the kapas tomorrow's kasha. So the kapas tomorrow answers an answer which explains one, but not the other. Kav Smarus is like this. If he would have just said the Lulav case, okay, so Rubba argued, and Rubba said, no, Min Bimin is not Chaytitz. But, that Dasmana Rabbis is more, much more complicated. Because let's say, I have my Dasmana Rabbis, especially, I don't know if any of you see like the Sephardim. The Sephardim, they're like, not neat. You ever like seeing like Iranian uh, Hadasmana Rabbis? Like, oh, so I was neatly on this side, the rubbish neatly on this side. They're like all tamished, right? So this is like a Sephardic Shazach. You stop in the Lulav, you rip leaves. So you have a mess. You have Hadassim leaves between your Aravis and your Lulav, and you have Aravis leaves between your Hadassim and your Lulav. So yesterday's Rava doesn't help for that. Rava said, Amin b'mine So if you cut the Lulav on the bottom, it's not a problem. Because Lulav won't block Lulav from the Hadassim, and Lulav won't block, block Lulav from the Aravis. That only makes sense if the order were different. And they should have had the Lulav kids first. Exactly, exactly. So I'm answering, or I'm not answering nothing. Kappas Tamarim's answering why the Lulav case wouldn't suffice. Why you need both Hadushim. But if you would have said the other one, then and I wouldn't, yeah, yeah, 100%. But says the Kappas Tamarim, I wouldn't have thought that Rava, who says, min bimina, fine, min bimina is not So Lulav and Arava cannot be a chatzitza to each other. And Lulav and Hadassah cannot be a chatzitza to each other. But who says that a Hadas could interrupt between Lulav and Arava, or an Arava could interrupt between a Lulav and a Hadas? Who says that that's okay? That's Rav Asaykhesh. Rav says, I even argue when the Lulav is being interrupted between the Lulav and the Hadas by an Arav. And the Lulav is being interrupted between the Lulav and Arav by a Hadas. That the din of Min B'minai is not literally two of the same thing. It's all the same mitzvah. So any <coughs> amount of mitzvah, Lulav, Hadas, Arav, if any of them come between each other, it's all fine. So I needed the other case for Rav to say that. That is, that's one thing. But like you said, Avi, I don't know why he couldn't have come to Bismarck and just say the case of Hadassim and Rabbis, and that would encompass everything. Um, it's the first case to me, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I can make up Terutzim, and I don't think they're great. The Lulav interrupts the whole way. It's not like a minor block. It's like a major block. Like, one Lulav leaf is interrupting the entire thing. You have, like, one Hadass leaf that's, like, a three millimeters. But you have like one lulav leaf. It's I could say it. I didn't see it anywhere. That's that's one thing. There's one last thing 
I'll leave you before we stop. Um, one second. We're talking about chatzitza. Chatzitza assumes that you have to hold all of them together. You have to hold all of them together is only if you hold Lu of Tzarech Eged. We don't hold Lu of Tzarech Eged. That's Rabbi Yehuda. We pass him like the Chachamim that Lu of Ein Tzarech Eged. So what's this whole thing we've been talking about the whole night? Who cares about the whole thing? If Lulav ain't Sarah Eged, theoretically, I could take them totally separate. Chatzitza is on the assumption things need to be together. Chatzitza is on the assumption no, that things... You can take it separate. If you're putting it together, you have a chatzitza. Then it's, it's, there's, a, there's a difference between holding them separate, but then combining them, you have separation between them. If you hold Lulav ain't Sarah Eged, there could be three inches in between... If somehow, like, airspace, some, some, somehow some dexterous, other, not some other material. No, you're saying like in the first part, there's a difference between schach, pasul, and avir. The first part, yeah, but, yeah. But no, no, no. The, if I'm like dexterous enough, and you hold like the chachamim, I can hold my lulav and my hadasim and my arobas totally divorced from each other, not touching at all, and I'm fine. Lulzar Eged, all of a sudden, is a whole new mitzvah. You need it to be together. But, no, but, but, my, but over here, even if you hold Lulzar Eged, if there's some other min there, so now you have a fifth min, possibly. And that you can't take. That you can't have. When you well, have if have if Lekach, they don't need to be touching, they don't need to be touching. Good, but when I take Lakach, and I still have to have four of the minim that I have. I can't have a fifth thing in there, even if it's not It's not touching. a fifth thing. We're saying it, it possibly is. It's not a fair thing, and it's not, and it's, it, all it's doing is, is blocking. And besides, if you hold Luvain Tzarech Eged, you're allowed to have fifth men. We always said, in where you did the Luvain Tzarech Eged, it's about place of the Chacham, and you could have a thing. You can hold an apple there. But you still need a Lakach. Oh, oh, oh. So, so the Rishash answers you, your parents. The Rishash answers that it's not a Chasar Nechatzitza between the minute, it's a Chasar Nechatzitza of your hand, which is weird. Because my hand isn't touching it anyway, but it's blocking my hand from touching it. That's that's one teretz. That this is this is for the chatzitza to your hand. That's the rishash's teretz, and the other teretz is that is that no, even the chachamim is zechel hanveyu requires luv tzarach eged. So this is a chiddush that even in the zechel hanveyu kind of eged. It still would be a problem, chatzitza, and you need rubber skittish not. But yeah, but the rishash answers like you. Okay, fine. We'll stop here. Right. That Rabbah keeps giving suggestions and or chumris and or yisurim, and Rabbah keeps rejecting him, saying, "Eh, don't worry about it." So, start a couple nights ago. Rabbah said, "You gotta leave space beneath the eged." for the hand to hold the Dalad Minim. Rava says, no, no problem. It's calling an Isa, he's fine. Rava said, no problem. is fine. Rava keeps rejecting, Rava keeps rejecting Rava's issues. Last night we brought up another issue. Rava said, be very careful not to jam the Lulav into the Dalad Minim. Because you may rip off leaves. Uh, remind me, Shraggy told me to tell him he's out of chasm. So, so don't, don't, I'm not missing. 
Um, uh, you don't jam the lulav into the hadas menorahs because you might rip off leaves and there'll be a chatzitz. And for that matter, don't cut the lulav on the bottom where it's already tied in because then the side leaves of the lulav will be a hefzik, will be a chatzitza, to which Rava once again shteltsu min bimine in echaitzitz. So we're in a whole series of items that Rava was particular about. And Rava said, like, no, you got to make sure to do X, Y, Z or not do X, Y, Z. And Rava said, man, don't worry about it. Continues the Gemara with that theme. Says the Gemara, it's about, like, seven, eight lines from the top of Lamed Zayin Amabez. Two words from them, the line, V'omar Rava. Says Rava, Hadas Shel Mitzvah, the Hadas of your mitzvah, which means the hadas you've chosen to use in your lulav and esrog, and you are using it. Aser l'hariachbay. It is aser to smell it. Before we even finish the sentence, why not? The Gemara is going to say, because it's mukta. Now, where does this kind of mukta come from? Where does this kind of muksa come from? Muksa is a fascinating concept. Muksa is from the most fascinating concepts. <coughs> do you know where mitzvah on, muksa on Shabbos comes from? Not that this has anything to do with anything we're talking about. And why? It's exerah for, we get why. So muksa machmas iser, because you're going to do the iser. How about, how about other, other muksas? Like rocks and, and, and stones and dirt. So that fine thing you but if they're books, so we shouldn't say it's it's Misham total daladas. Mux is all muxas. You need a source from one of those. We're so familiar. I mean, like it could be the youngest the, the concept the Lundish concept your kids learn first is muxa. I mean like every seven year old muxa muxa muxa. But like, so we're so familiar for so long. We never. Why is something muktzah? So why is your hadas muktzah on <coughs> sukkahs? So Rashi says. Rashi says fascinating. It's learned out of sukkah. And why is sukkah muktzah? Because there's a heckish between sukkah and carbon chagiga. There's a heckish in the first parak between your sukkah. And carbon chagiga, and carbon chagiga is of course usher to get hana from. So your sukkah is usher to get hana from. So says Rashi. Well, same concept, same concept by, by um, Arav. Look in Rashi. Rashi says also by the gamrina me sukkah. We learn it out of sukkah. Not any official drasha. You won't find an official drasha anywhere. It's just a logical comparison. That hey. It's for a mitzvah, so you've set it aside. So you've set it aside. Anyway, that being said... You're not worried about like you're going to break the branches or anything like that. And then what? So, so you, I, I didn't want to say this, but you brought it up. Um, they, they use... What you, what you said is true by sukkah. What they said is true by sukkah. Because if you start playing with the sukkah... So let's say, you know, you're playing with the schach... And then, hey, I need this for whatever household use. So you're going to take it down, and then you're not going to have a sukkah. 
And then you're going to do bad things, like eat not in a sukkah. But over here, that's not the case. Because, you know, worst case scenario, what's the bad thing you're going to do? You're not going to shake the aluminum, who cares? No, it's like the classic thing is a horse, right? You can't ride a horse because you're going to break a branch. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So, so, no. so you, if you're messing with a little so who cares? Horse, you're going to break a branch. So who cares? You're not allowed to. You can't break it. Isn't that well, you're allowed to break it. Or so, I'll kill so Shabbos. It's not attached to the ground. So why can't you break a branch to hit a horse? Because you may take it off a tree. That's kites. <laughs> So if, if it's, it's in the ground, it's different than if it's you bet you yeah, you bet you. Do you, you when you ever ate grapes on Shabbos? Yeah, that's true. I was wondering, right? Because it ain't that to the ground. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm all for Oscar and grapes on Shabbos, but you know, it's, it's probably okay. Um, only chocolate. Um, but, but, but you know, like I mean, take a thing on a strawberry. So no one eats strawberries anymore. They're trays. But I'm saying when you eat strawberry, you ripped off that thing also. Right, that's true. Um, yeah, there's no no wrong with that. So what's wrong? So this Rashi says there's a concept of muktza by by Arav, by Hadas. So says the Gemara. Let's get back into the Gemara. A Hadas of mitzvah is usher to smell. Because, says Rashi, explains the Rishonim, it's muktzah. Sorry, you have to reserve this for a mitzvah. You cannot derive side benefit from it. And therefore, it's dedicated to a mitzvah and off-brand use. You know, alternative uses of your hadas are prohibited. <laughs> but your esrog, you are able to smell. Fascinating. Why? My time up says more gorgeous. Because the stated purpose of a hadas is for smell. So when the hadas became muktza, off limits, set aside, what did it become off limits for? Smell. The use of hadas, you go over to a guy and you say, what do you use a hadas for? Hmm, for smell. So when you take a hadas as your mitzvah, you make it muktza. Muktza as in what? No more regular use. What's the regular use of a hadas? What's the regular use of a hadas? Regular use of a hadas is smell. So it's muktza. Can I smell a shamas to hadas? It wasn't used That's for the next tomorrow. Says the Gemara. Asteroid. So it's my time. A hadas delarecha kai. Hadas that is stands for smell, which means its normal use is smelling. Ki when it was made muktze, me you were maktzia it from its stated purpose, i.e. from deriving its normal use, smell. And esrog, if you ask any person, what is the job of an esrog? What do you do with this? You go over and I got, what do you do with this? Well, you eat it. Or at least you put it in vodka. But you eat an esrog. Says the Gemara, the stated purpose of an esrog is eating. So that is what it's muktza for. When you were maktzia it, when you put it aside, when you said, no, I'm not using it for that, what's the that? The that is eating. But, not from smell. 
And therefore, you're able to smell your esrit on sukkus. So that is, that is the Gemara. So not that there's any need to discuss this, but I think it's fascinating. The Mordechai brings a raya from here as follows. When I was a kid, my grandmother had a uh, condominium on West Devon Avenue in Chicago. And in those days, it was very Chicago because that was the only kosher Dunkin' Donuts. And I remember as kids, we used to go there for Pesach, and you're not allowed to smell the Dunkin' Donuts on Pesach. Because chametz <laughs> is oser bahano, and smelling it is an iser hano. And therefore, and therefore, you're not allowed to smell the donuts on Pesach. And for that matter, you know, if you go by McDonald's, and I don't know how a cheeseburger smells, but Timerat smells gishmak. Basar b'chol, basar b'chol. No, you're not allowed to smell basar b'chol. Says Mordechai, not true. You see from our Gemara, not true. Oh, so no, it's not, it, well, you're you're talking about it's it's leimichale, it's it's um, it's miskavin v'leimichale. That's Gemara Pesachim Chavav. Yeah, you, if there's only one way to walk, if like you know, for instance, Eichenstein's show, um, which where we used to daven. Um, is on Devon, the other way on my grandmother's block. You have to walk by the notes, and you're allowed to walk by. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, that's that's true. That's more mm-hmm. But says the Mardchai, not true. You see from here, says the Mardchai, you see from here that an item that is eaten, the smell of it is not usher. And that's how the Mordechai Paskins. Mordechai Paskins, you see from our Gemara a fascinating thing. That something that's an Isser Achila, even Bahana, then you're allowed to smell it. That's what it says needed for a mitzvah, though. Like that. Oh, oh, oh. Says the Shach. Says the Shach, and you. Says the Shach. That's a horrible tush, though. It's not to the Mordechai, so he said it nicer than that. Says the Shach, this is a terrible tush, though. An Isser Hana is an Isser Hana, period. Every aspect of it, eating it, smelling it, etc. Here, we're talking about your Das when you make it Muktzah. Your Das when you make it Muktzah is on the stated use. The stated use of a Hadas is smell, so that's how your Maktzia is. <laughs> the stated use of an esteric is achila, so that's what you're makziah from. But something that intrinsically is aser bahana, every aspect of it is aser bahana, both the eating and the smelling, and therefore the shaft argues on the mordechai. What about the fact that... Um, and also, what would it be in truth? It depends if it's amidah the achila. One second, what, what, what do we want? No, I was just going to say that... If, yeah. that the everyday use, on sukkahs, the stated use of hadas and esrog is for sukkahs. In a chanami, it was an, it was an article, it was, an, it was something that was used for something else other times of the year, but everyone knows on sukkahs... The no, that's why, we, that's why we use examples specifically of a guy. That, in other words, the fact that you're using it for a mitzvah now doesn't change the natural intrinsic use that even a guy knows about. Meaning, what I mean to say is that it has nothing to do with the tyrant. An esrig is an esrig is an esrig is an esrig. The Torah tells you, take an esrig. Esrig is not Jewish. Esrig is generic. Take an esrig and shake it on, on, um, 
on Sukkot. But um, why is it like Musa? I have rocks. I set it aside because I need it on Shabbos. So now it's not Musa for me to. You know that's so not Pasha. Look at that. But what are you talking for? For estrogen and adasmin over over Sukkot, I don't care about the smell. I don't care about the taste. Right. I just need it because I got. I was gonna taste. say everyday what items. The there, there's there's. It's set aside now. For there's twenty million. Days, there's twenty million Jews on Earth, and five billion goyim. And you butler diet to the rest of the world, and that's not the use. I don't care about 10 million Jews. Yes, but, but the narrative is I can say that the majority not, of the population is just not, putting it aside to, to shake. No. I can no. go to the Gamakim. No, no, no. In the Gamakim, here in Narrative Israel, the majority of the people over surface are using it just to shake and not to eat and not to, and not to smell. Over here, has it been that I put it aside? No one uses myrtle and citron anymore yeah, for and, your and stated purposes. First of all, the Svartim use it for something every month's shot. Is it a shot? That's first of all. Svartim, Suffolk, whatever. No Second of all, second of all, it's, it, it's a fragrance smelling thing. I mean, like, you know, listen, fragrances aren't that in anymore. But I'm saying, like, you know, like. So can you walk past a hadas and not, and not touch it but smell it? Over uh, any time over Sukkot and get her If it's not in your lulav, of course you could. This is only because you are Makziat Lamitsa. Let's say it's in your lulav. Then you're Makziat Lamitsa, and you can't smell it anymore. You're not allowed to use it for its regular use. So you can't smell it if it's in your lulav. That's exactly the point. But you're Esther, you are. Says the Gemara, I don't know who said this about Chavez. Ben, you said? About Chavez? Yeah. Well, yeah, that Usher was making a point, and then you. Oh yeah, Usher. Yeah, what? No, no, so what's the Mitzvah Israel? According to Mordechai, he holds that uh, something that's like, that's main purpose is Achila, and, and you can have Hanaf in it other ways. So, no, in other words, because because smelling. Why is it Why is it not at all? <laughs> right, no, 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 because then you're rejecting smelling from being a hanav, then he's not saying anything. If Reich, no, the Gemara, the Gemara has a question in Kula, and Reich Lamilsi, Reich Lamilsi, Reich Lamilsi, Reich Lamilsi, but, um, but I think that only means in Mamash is for, you know, for Tom. Um, maybe you're, uh, let me think about that, let me think about that. Says the Gemara, um, based on this, we have a din by Shabbos. Va'amar Rabbah, the exact opposite is true. Hadas b'machobar, a hadas, when it's attached to the ground, is mutter You're able to walk over the hadas tree. You're even able to touch it. Maybe it's muktzah, maybe not. And you're able to smell it on Shabbos. Because, what are we afraid you're going to do? Cut it down? Why would you cut it down? You can get the fullest use of a hadas while still attached to the ground. So you have absolutely no taiva to cut it off the tree. Because there's nothing you cannot experience when it's still on the tree. So therefore, I have no need to prohibit you from smelling the hadas while still attached to the tree. Using it for no, obviously not. This is the whole separate thing. It has nothing to do with Lulav. This is a rep. On, on your Shabbos, Parshish Yisrael, tough shit, I'm Isn't the idea that you're going to cut it 
bring it inside. Take it with you. Take it, take it with you. So you get better usage while it's a That much we're not afraid you're going to do. That's what I was saying. Because in other words, in other words, if you could get the full experience while you're there, you're not going to cut it down just to transport it. That you know better. So but the flower, right? So then why are you going to bring it? So beautiful, yeah. Flower, what do you want to do with it? Stare at it, it's fine. Touch it, it's muktzah. Pick it, it's aser. So, so no, Pick it, it's aser, why? Because you smell a flower on Shabbos. Yes, I understand that, but I'm saying the same thing here. But, you know, because why, why, why is what muktzah? Why is the flower muktzah? Yeah. Because it's mechobal karkas muktzah. There's no use for it on Shabbos. But but it's not just for the smell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But wait, but can you smell a flower on Shabbos? No, because you may detach it and bring it into your house. Good question. I don't know. It has another usage. I don't know if that's enough of a drive. To look at something is not that, like, gishmak. To smell or eat it. To smell a flower on Shabbos, you can't. To smell a flower on Shabbos. Can I smell a flower on Shabbos? Yes. No, that's attached to the ground. Attached to the ground. Ah, this because I have this. I'm not bringing my house to beautify my house. A flower. Yeah, but we don't find. We don't find. We don't find. You know, they didn't give flowers better wives than Rabbi Gamar. We don't. We don't find a knot in the look of it. This one, yes. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. So how does mechaber motol But because what are you going to do? Esrei b'mechaber. A esrog attached to a tree, you're not allowed to smell it because there, there's a whole other level of enjoyment that you cannot do while it's attached to the tree. Namely, eat it. So therefore, I tell you, listen, I don't want you having any engagement with this esrog on Shabbos because you're going to get interested, it's going to smell delicious, and you're going to want to pick it off to eat it. And that's Asar and Shabbos. So since you cannot derive the full benefit while it's attached to the tree, I don't want you associating with it at all. My time, it says, Gemara, same thing. Hadas, kai. A hadas, which it's there to smell. Isharis, like, if we permit you to smell it, so hey, you've gotten the entire gamut of usage of this hadas right where you are. You're going to have no taiva to break it off. <laughs> You're not going to cut it off. Esrig de la chilakai. An esrig, which everyone knows the use of an esrig is to eat. Isharislav, we allow you to smell it. We're going, you're going to cut it off. And therefore, for the same reason, meaning the Gemara is showing two sides of the same coin. A hadas's use is for smell. So, on one hand, it's also to smell a hadas on in your dollar minimum, because that's its use. On the other hand, you're allowed to smell it on Shabbos because that's its use. An esrog, which is there to eat, you're allowed to smell it in your dollar minimum because that's not its use. You never made it muktza from that. On the other hand, you're not allowed to smell it on a tree on Shabbos because there's another use that we're afraid you're going to do. But what's mechover and what is not mechover? Yeah, but no, but no, the same thing. What, the, the, What's the worry once it's The common thread we're once making. Once it's attached, what are you worried about? On Sukkis? Yeah. You're, I'm not worried about anything. You're maktziah it. It's mukta. You're maktziah it from its use. What's going to come wrong with that? What's wrong? You, know, you want to know why is there a concept of mukta on an esrik? 
Um, even the hadas. What's so what? It's already just it's already <laughs> because the assumption is we're going to talk can't about be in two more. statuses at once. Can't be in mitzvah and smell. Uh, is that the problem? No, it can't be. It's it can't be a muktzah and personal use. Why not? Because when a person makes something, we, and Rashi says we learn this from Sukkah, when a person makes something for the mitzvah, they're declaring this is no longer for personal use, it's muktzah for personal <coughs> use, and it is now dedicated for mitzvah use only. too, the whole yeah, yeah. Now, what we could give you, and we had a Gemara talk to us for, we'll have a Gemara talk to us again. You could have separate esrogim for separate days. So, if you use an esrog on the third day of Cholmud, then the fourth day of Cholmud is fine because you have another esrog. But every morning that you use it, boom, it's off limits for the day. You declared it off limits of personal use because you're using it for mitzvah. Even when it's a mitzvah, only when it's a mitzvah. You you dedicated this. Once is, I put it down after I made the bracha for the day. It's, yeah, no, it's, it muksa works and it muksa always works in days. This is true by Shabbos, which means if something is muksa be yeah. So, for instance, if you have your pants that you took off and you left your wallet in your pants, those pants become muksa tomorrow because your wallet was in the benishmoshes. So even if your kid, so to speak, did you the favor, so to speak of shaking out the wallet from your pants, so to speak. You're not allowed to wear your pants on Shabbos Day because it was Mutza Ben or You know, like the same thing for a table. You know, we have that whole thing with buses, that's, you have the roll. Those be, things become Mutza by the day. You, it's like, you know, it's like once you rent it for an hour, you pay for a day. Like, things become Mutza by the day. Well, people shake, shake their change out. Oh, they come to shul and they realize they have change in their Answers on you know, you just shake it out and you can still wear it. Yeah, so no, so that that's that's because it's um we don't make muksa against your will. It has to have been their purpose and we don't want it there. But okay, yeah. So yeah. So if you then use that hadas, you're over on something? No, you're yeah, you're over on one. So what am I not for him? My guys ask me this all the time in school. So you're only ever a drop on them? Who cares? No, no, no. no. <laughs> 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 it's not a shop. It's not a shop. It's not a shop. It's not a shop. It's not Same thing. Uh-huh. Same thing. So it's the same thing. You'd be over on the same answer? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, same thing. You know, it's like... You know. <laughs> then you get into the whole discussion. Even though it's not a shop. Right. No, it's the same It's the same Okay. It's the same Um. It's like the decorations. Oh, so the decorations. Uh, yeah, the, the decorations are mukta for kol shiva. Uh-huh. Right. For kol shiva. Yeah, which, which Tanai, by the way, doesn't work for sukkah. You're not allowed to make a Tanai on sukkah. There's a shal if you can make a Tanai on Dalad Minim for the mukta. you referring to the decorations as well? The decorations, no, because the decorations you're allowed to say, I'm going to use them. Um, but otherwise, they're mukta for kol shiva. Okay. Um, okay, one more sugya. <coughs> this finally, Rabba goes unopposed. Fama Rabba, lulav biyamin. You have your lulav in your right hand, the esrog bismail, and your esrog in your left hand. So, I forgot who I saw someone explain that. Where do we know this from? We learned it that since. Esrei does not have to be in the Eged of the Lulav. Since Esrei does not have to be tied up, it's inherently a separate mitzvah that you take in another hand. 
that not being in the egghead automatically pushes it to the other hand, which is a lumbus. I do not understand that much, but that's how I saw it explained. Now, let's say you hold them both in your right hand. <coughs> so we said before, Mishnah Brewer brings to the Arkas Chaim that you're not Yaitse. That this Gemara is not an allowance. We allow you to take the Lulav in your right hand and the Esrig in your left hand. It's a requirement. You must take the Lulav in your right hand and the Esrig in your left hand. So the Mishabura says, if you took them both in one hand. So now I'm not saying when you go for a shyness, when you walk around Shul, you can't, you have to do two hands, you have to hold your sitter like this. But it's a nice thing, there's definitely a Chumrah. But for sure, when you shake it the first time, you have to hold it in separate hands. Now, this is fascinating. The Beis Yosef, very serious, you know, it's like, you can't just take this as a joke. The Beis Yosef is Mesopic. Is there any din to shake your asterisk? Which means we know that the Lulav and the Hadas and Arava, we know that there's a din not new in one. So now that they're separate hands, is there any, the base Yosef is Mesopic, this isn't some Achrenish Eclair, the base Yosef is Mesopic, if there's a din nanuim on the esrog as well, because it's in a separate hand, which says you have to shake, you have to shake them both. So he brings a raya from psukim, like you know, like a kabbalistic Indian, that each one, when it's shaken, does its job. So you see that there's an Indian to shake the esrog, but it's that removed from the lulav and the hadasim. The adikach the base Yosef had a suffix, whether or not you need to even shake your esrog. What about the Pasuk? Uh, I know that I'm doing it. What Pasuk? It's all together. Why would it be separate? Yeah, but that's just like... I, I was like, after. Then, like, there's a diff- different ending of Nanuim, which is by the Lulav. But doesn't it fall under, doesn't fall under the pretense of Lakaftam? Yeah, it's a Lakaftam. And we're going to get to Gemara very soon. That you have to be very careful not to pick it up because you're Yaitse right. before you make a bracha. Lakaftam requires no Nanuim. I understand so that, I'm saying, but the idea of the Nanuim fall under the pretense of Lakachtam. In other words, it goes under the Esrig Lulav, but you have Yeah, but, well, you, 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 you're saying, you, you're saying yeah, but no, you don't have a hard time proving that. You know, Espo's fact that you could say that's what it meant. Is that what you have it but it was still, but it's, be holding it. it's, it's fully be held by your right hand, hand, by your left hand. It would have fall out, and then you touch it. Says the Gemara, my time of why? Okay, I understand why they're separate, but why does the Lulav go on the right hand and the Esther go on the left hand? Gemara says, Hani Talasa Mitzvahs. The Lulav has three Mitzvahs, and the Esther gives only one Mitzvah. Therefore, Therefore, we give more chshivas to something that has three mitzvahs over something that has one mitzvah. So one more question. Why, when we make the bracha, do we say, There's four mitzvahs. Why don't we say, Everything, where it says, we pick it as the representative because it is taller than the rest. 
says the Gemara, doesn't have to be. Velag Bila Esrik Velivrach. So make the Esrik taller. <coughs> hold the Esrik here, hold the Lulav here, and then your Esrik will be higher than your Lulav. If what's causing you to make your Bracha and your Lulav is that it's taller, so for a minute when you make your Bracha, make your Esrik taller. Says the Gemara, no, no, I didn't mean that where it's put. I meant naturally. Hayal Ubiminai. Since it's species, some say the, the lulav itself, some say the lulav tree, but by nature, its species is gavaya mikulam, <coughs> is higher than all of them. Therefore, we say the bracha on the lulav only and not on the esrik. They're not on the rest of them. Okay, we'll the stop here. That's mamash, a nowadays thing. I was reading today. Those were all the Mishnahis until now. So we know all the psulim of the Lulav and Esrig and Hadassim and Aravis. So now, now we have to discuss what you do with your Lulav, Esrig, Hadassim and Aravis. Says the Gemara, Veheichan Hayu Menanim. Where did they do Nanuim? Where did they wave the, uh, the Lulav and Esrik and the Dalad Minim? Like we said yesterday, Besiyasev, for two days ago, Besiyasev is Mesopic if you have to shake the Esrik at all, but we come at, you do, where do you shake the Dalad Minim? So says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, Bahaydu Lashem, Tchila Vesaif. So, Haydu Lashem, Tchila Vesaif. So Rashi explains that that whole paragraph in Tehillim from the first Haydu, all the way till the end of Halal is really one paragraph. It starts and ends with Haidu, more or less. So we shake in the first Haidu, in the beginning. You know, so for us, the Chazan interrupts three times. You know, we sing Pischu, you, your types. We sing Pischu, and then, you know, we say, On Hashem Hashem On Hashem Hatzlichana, and we say, Baruch Hashem Hashem. So we think it's like three different paragraphs. It's not. It's one long paragraph in the home. So the Mishnah uses the Lashen, and by says you even shake the lulav by onashem hatslichana. Says the Gemara Amr Bekiva Saifa Hayisi Bishua. I stared intently. At Rav Gamliel and Rabbi Shua, watching them when they said halal, and Shekol Ha'am Hayumananis Lulavehem, that everybody apparently followed Beishamai's practice of shaking lulav both by Onashem Hashiana and Onashem Atzlichana, but I stared at Rabbi Shua and Rav Gamliel that they did not shake their lulav, and they did not shake their lulav, affirming the shita of Rebbe, of, Beis, of Beisil. So says the Mishnah. So this is a plea de Mishnah. You read the Mishnah, and, and this is it. You know, if you think there's going to be another Mishnah about Nanuim, there isn't. So we have the Mishnah about Nanuim. It says, where do you do Nanuim? You do Nanuim for sure by Haidu, Tchila, Vesayf, both Haidus, 
and on Hashem Ashina and possibly like Bishamai on Hashem Atzlichana. So we don't mention the most obvious Nanuim. What about the Nanuim by the Bracha? So Taisis, let's just look in this Taisis. It's um, in the Taisis that starts behind you. It's like the top line of the medium wide lines. Not the widest lines on the bottom, but beneath the thin lines, it's the top line of the widest lines. Top, 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 top line of the medium widest lines. Medium widest lines? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> medium fat. Just give, yes. them the, give them the words so they can Ubishas. It's like Mamash, that corner word there, Shrek. You see at the top of the box? Ubishas bracha says Tysus at the time of the bracha we don't find any mention if a person must shake his lulav then. Betchilas Natila. Ella, I'll prove it to you that you do. Midarmina Bepirkin, we're gonna say later in the parak. There's going to be a suga later, and it's going to go through a fascinating suga. It's going to go through all of the mitzvahs when a father has to start teaching his son how to do that mitzvah. And the basic rule is when the cotton can perform the deed. So, for instance, Tzitzis at a certain age, when a cotton can perform the mitzvah, he is chayiv in chinuch. When is a father mechanach his son in dalaminim? When he can do nanuim. Now, when your kid is a chves, whatever age that is, seven, eight, six, seven, you know, he's not saying hollow. So says Taisus, from the fact that the Gemara says the age of chinach for lulav and esri is when the cotton can shake it, there must be another shaking besides by hollow. That must be this thing. Elamidamrina bepirkin. Kotna yedelananeichayev belulav. A cotton who knows how to shake his chayv lulav, mashma de minanea betchilas habracha. Because the Gemara does not say that you have to wait until your child is able to say halo in order to be mechanachem in nanuim. So since you see that the nanuim, that your chayv and chinach, is before the age of halo, there must be a nanuim outside of halo. And Taisa says, you see from there that you shake Bishas Bracha. Va'id, in another writer. Miditani Bishas Brachas. We learned in Brachas, Bishas Brachas, towards the end of the fourth parak. If a person wakes up early and has to go catch a plane, Hiktim Watsis Lederach, and you know, he's got to leave. So he's able to daven. It's actually a Machlekes Rashi Taisa. Rashi says before Alois, very schwer Rashi. Taisa says, no, it doesn't mean before Alois, that's the night before. It means before Nates. We bring him a shayfer immediately, he could blow it. And if it's sukkah's chalmaid, we bring him a lulav to shake. Megil, if it's purim, we bring him a megil of a karabai. Now, it makes no mention of saying halal at that early hour. Yet, the Gemara over there mentions that you shake lulav at that early hour. So says Taisis, that's my second raya, that there must be a nanuim bishas bracha. In fact, the Rav Yah, who's the Iker Paisik and Sukkah, the Rosh Council brings him, the Rav Yah Paskins, of course the Iker nanuim is by the bracha. 
So much so, so much so, that the Ritva says, well, if the Iker Nanuim are by the Bracha, how come our Mishnah, which starts talking about Nanuim, doesn't even make any mention of Nanuim by the Bracha? And just skips to mentioning Nanuim by Halo. Says the Ritva, because it's so obvious. It doesn't say you make a bracha on Lulav in our Mishnah either. Says the Ritva, obviously, you have a mitzvah. You're mechayiv in Lulav, taking Lulav. So you make a bracha on mitzvah, and you do the mitzvah. And you do the mitzvah immediately. So says the Ritva, the reason why our Mishnah skipped the whole subject of Nanuim by the bracha is because it's so obvious that's the mitzvah. Not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is not tachtam. So, uh, so the briskura, yeah. So that that is true. That is true. It's definitely a hider mitzvah. But if there is any chiyuv nanuim, there is more of a chiyuv of nanuim by the bracha than there is by house. The ritva says you don't even have to say, you don't even have to say nanuim in the mishnah because it's obvious. So that is the taisvis rush rav uh, school of thought. The Ramam. Is that a true statement? That the uh, new would be more understandable to do by the bracha than in halal? Mm-hmm. By the bracha, I'm going to say the mitzvah. Halal, what am I doing? It's more of a hit than mitzvah. By halal, I'm going to shake it during halal. So, one second. One second. The, 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 the Ramam makes mention of only not doing by halal. And, like, the Ramam is definitely justified. He's quoting a Mishnah Well, We're going to do the entire Gemara tonight. And we'll see that there's no reason not to paskin it. So the Raman paskins only Nanuim by Halo. So the Machlegis possibly could be as follows. We're going to see in the Gemara that definitely an aspect of the Nanuim is to ward off bad winds, Ruches Rayim, and Talalim Rayim, and bad um, like rain or dew that the, the reason for the nanuim is because the power that the lulav has in harnessing bracha versus klala is essential in warding off um, um, bad winds and bad rains. Now that we will see in the Gemara is a din in hollow. That if we take the lulav, if we take our bounty from the Rebbeinah of everything good, that we take our bounty, which is lulav is by the chag ha'asif, and the chinuch says we take these fruits that are beautiful, and like the the, the chinuch says that it's natural when you look at your dalad minim to become calm and happy. The the colors bring out the mood in a person, and therefore if a person takes his simcha and channels his simcha in all the directions, then that could ward off using halal, that could ward off. Then that's definitely what the Gemara is going to say, and there's definitely an aspect of that to Lulav. The question is, is there any other aspect to Nanuim than warding off Ruches, Rais, bad winds, with Talal and Raim and bad rains? If there is no other aspect to shaking Lulav, then you only have to do it during halal. Because what else is shaking? Like you said, the Torah says, and yeah, there's this extra Indian of warding off bad 
winds, etc. There's reasons for not doing a mitzvah. You have to, you know. Yeah, but it doesn't help help if you don't do it as part of hal. By simply shaking it, by simply shaking it, that's that's nothing. But after the bracha. Yeah, but it's the Rambam who doesn't paskin, you shake lulav after the bracha. Does not paskin any nanuim after the bracha. I don't know. So what does he hold? You make the bracha and you, all you have to do is hold it together and you're yeah, yotzeh? Do nanuim, yeah. We hold that also. Just we also hold there's an Indian to do nanuim like the taisas we just read. But, but, um, I, I don't know. I, I, the mechaber paskins you do both. Yeah. Yeah. There's those like those chase. Yeah, like the, the, the pure, the pure Rama people. But he's he's not talking about himself. He's just commenting on others. Okay. He's comfortable on his own skin. He's just. Okay. I don't know what this is doing when they're shaking. Yeah, they do the wrong way. <laughs> they bang into me every time. I know you can't sit there next to no Nusachsfar guys. Far away. There's no order. There's no order to it. No, there is. It's like just. No, no, no. There's no normal order to it. If, if you're like, it's like the last thing you could get, like Nusach Sfar's order. If you're like Ashkenaz, you'll you, be... No, because of what we do. Um, no, no. You're We're like more right, back, that side, front, front, up, down. But like, good. Like, right, right, left. Right, left. You do it, right? Up, front, back, up, down. I'm sorry, right, no, left. No, it's just right, up, down, right, 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 left, up, down, up, back. Yeah, no, they get. Al-Ruchas. We do Al-Ruchas Watch the Rebbe's though, they do it very slowly. Oh, I do it. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I got you coming, don't worry. By the time we're done, the Yakov is going to be. There's no Seder to the whole thing. You don't hold the Shkia, you don't hold the normal. Of course, you hold Shkia. I don't Shkia. I'm not good on that. Like this. If, if we take our Gemara, which we're going to read right now, then you take the bracha, says Lokhaftam, there's no need to shake them. The only Indian of Nanuim is to ward off, to fend off bad Luchas and bad rains. Then that is only done during Hallel, like the Gemara will say. And therefore, there's no need to do it by, by the bracha. But if there's an independent Indian of Nanuim, for instance, Tesis brought earlier in this Tesis. That at that time, all of the, you know, the branches of the forest, should be should be praising Hakadosh Baruch Hu if there's an etzem Indian in shaking without a need for warding off ruches rain. If there's a if there's a din of Oziranu, then that happens by the bracha also. Then there's also an Indian to shake by the bracha. That's possibly what the Machlegas Rishonim is. But let's let's do the Gemara. So Gemara says like this is, this is the weirdest thing ever. You told me about a lulav and esrig. You, you know we discussed the ingredients for the whole parak till now. This is a kasher lulav. This is a pasul. This is a kasher esrig. This pasul esrig. Kasher alas pasul alas. Kasher rav pasul rav. Then you go straight into where do I do nanuim? Well, one second, one second. Where do you do what? You don't ask where until you tell me what. If I ask you, where's the party? What's your first question going to be? What party? So what are you asking? Where's the Nanuim? What Nanuim? Says the Gemara, Nanua Mandachar Shaky? Who said its name? Someone says, we did. Pasam Kai. 
the Tan is talking, referring back to the second parak. And we were talking over there, kol, uh, no, the beginning of the third parak, beginning of the third parak. We said that a lulav that has three tfachim, in order to shake it, kosher. So we do already know the concept of nanuim. The Mishnah already mentioned the concept of nanuim. When the Mishnah was talking about how big a lulav has to be, it said it needs to be three tfachim plus enough to be menanea. It mentioned Nanuim. Now the Tana is within his right to simply just ask, okay, where do we do those aforementioned Nanuim? The Kamar Hechen Menanim. Says the Gemara, Tananas. Learn to Menachas. So on, on Shavuos, we bring special Karbanas that we do not bring the entire year. We bring two Kivasim, the Kiv Seat Saras, two sheep. Special for Shavuos, and we bring Shtei Halechem. We also bring Karbanas of breads on top of the Shtei Halechem. So it's two breads, two sheep. Special Karbanas for Shavuos called the Shtei Halechem, called the Shtei Halechem. Tananos. Shtei Halechem v'Shtei Kivse The two special Chalas that we bring and the two sheep for Shavuos. Ketzat Hu How is it done? You first put the breads on top of the sheep. So one bread, one sheep, one bread, one sheep. And then there's a special din of nanuim by this carbon, menif. The Torah says menif. And then you place your hand under the sheep, and you shake them. You bring them back and forth. What do you do? Send it out and bring it back. Maila umayrid. You bring it up and put it down. So that is where the concept of nanuim is discussed in the Torah. Shenemar, Asher Hunaf, that he will wave. Now, you wave by putting it away from you and bringing it back to you. Vasher Huram. And it is lifted up. Rashi says, and anything that is lifted up will eventually go back down, which should give you pause of this, the fifth straight day of record debt. So, says Rashi, anything that goes up must come down. And therefore, we know that the carbon, it was lifted. Well, unless the cutting plant's on standing like this forever, it's going to go down. There you go. That's how you get four directions. Am um, Yechanan, says Rabbi Yechanan, what is the concept behind it? Melech umevi, you first send it out and bring it back. And that is to give homage, l'mi sha'ar baruch to Hashem, that the four winds are his, the four directions are his. Malu mayrid, you put it up and put it down, l'mi sha'ashamayim aret shalai. And b'marava masnuhachi, in Eretz Yisrael, they said it as follows. Amr of chama bar okva, amr of yeseb of chanina, mayl you send it out and bring it back, k'day la'atzar, in order to stop Ruchais, Rais, bad winds. Um, and, you know, like, uh, you know, we have many Gemaras that, that say that, like, there's winds. And, you know, it's not necessarily talking about winds that we feel. That the Gemara, the Gemara says, I forgot where this Gemara is, that, um, that the Gemara says every day a wind comes from one of the directions. And if one day, it's Gemara Shabbos, 
And if one day the wind would switch back to another direction, then the world would become way too hot. And if on a different day the, world, the wind would come from a different direction, the, wind, the world would become cold. Um, and like, you know, we know, like, the jet stream is always one way. Winds go from west to east. And like, you know, like, you know, I'm all dips down, I'm all, you know, we get to like the Arctic blast, but Lamaisa, winds go one way. There are Seder to the winds. The only way to protect these winds is by the rules, so what do we do the rest of the year? It sounds very Kabbalistic. It's, uh, it's very Kabbalistic, yeah. It's not the Gemara. So, uh, so the Marsha, so the Marsha, the Marsha, so in an effort to make it, to make it as, you know, normal as possible, Says that um, that tries uh, like what's wrong with it being headless? No, it's just it's just that when there's a halacha, it's, it's halacha. We have like a pashup shot, a pashup reason why we're doing it. Yeah, so 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 the marsha. So I'll, I'll say the marsha by by um, by the by the shnei kvasim, and then we'll try to explain it by lulu. So marsha says that on shvuos we bring shnei kvasim on shvuos, the shnei luchais or the shnei lechems are the shnei luchais. We find that the uh, Torah is referred to as Lechem, that on Shavuos, which is the day of the Nesina Satera, Kabbalah Satera, we take two Luchas, which represents, the two, two Lechems, which represents two Luchas, we take two Sheeps, which represents Kvasim, is Divrei Kvushim, is what's in your heart, is the Torah. And we know, like the Gemara and Erevin said, that the Torah has within it the power to defend against everything. So, so like all mitzvahs, I mean, if you go with the chinuch, mahalach, and mitzvahs, um, all mitzvahs are, you know, it's not magic, it's not hocus pocus, it's to, it, by deed, we remind ourselves of different concepts. Everything is really in your heart. And the mitzvahs are just a way to be megashim your feelings because a, uh, a, something done physically has much more of a hashpah on you than something told to you or written down. So when we take the Torah in, in the Gashmi form of the Christian <laughs> plus the Shtei Alechem, and, and we show that the Torah, it, the Torah has influence and control over the world, that the more Torah we learn, the more we can control everything. The Torah is making a matzil. So the Torah saves us from anything bad that can come. And yes, the infusion of Torah on Shavuos, which is Yom Kabbalah Satira, does last the whole year. Someone asked, like, this is only, only on Shavuos, what about the rest of it? Yeah. The, the answer is that, yeah, the Kabbalah Satira from Shavuos lasts you an entire year. And, like, and to the extent that someone had a Kabbalah Satira, then it's Meginumatzil from all Tsars. That's how the Marsha explains, that's how the Marsha explains um, Kivsei Atzeris. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, every year, we you know, we say that our Yom and Tevim are not like. Uh, no one, like I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound like you're asking She was in the state Fourth of July, right? And I was like, it, it's not a commemoration. It, it's a new Kabbal. and and if the Rebbein Shalom's giving it new, you got to be Makabal new. Says the Gemara, Amar of Yehi of Invitamer. So how does that touch up to Lulav? Oh, you will get there. One second. We see from here that forget the actual mitzvah. Because, like Rashi proves, if you skip this whole procedure, 
and just bring the kivseat saras without any tenufis, without any waving to and fro, up and down, your yaitse, the din carbon, and the tzibur does not have to bring another carbon. So you see that even something tangential, something zaitik, like shiyare mitzvah, the le- shiram, the leftovers of the mitzvah, the, the, the extra parts of the mitzvah, ma'atvenes aperonis, hold off tsaris. That even leftovers of mitzvah hold off tsaris. And imagine the actual mitzvah itself, shari tenufa, because the waving of the carbon, shiyare mitzvah, are leftovers of mitzvah, v'aitzris ruches rais, ruches v'tolayim rayim, and it stops ruches v'tolayim rayim, says the Gemara, Amar Rava v'chein balulav, says Rava, this concept that we find by Shnei Kivseat Saras is the exact same as the Lulav, and we wave the Lulav. So again, the Marsha, the Marsha says, you know, and same thing by Lulav. I, you know, it could be just very, very, very simply, like we were saying before, that the concept of Dalad Minim, at least the way the Chinuch, at least the way the Chinuch explains it, what's the concept of Dalad Minim? Pasuk tells you, Pasuk says that why, why is, why is Sukkot the happiest day? Why is Sukkot called Tzmanzim Chaseim? So the Torah says, because in those days, everyone was a farmer. And it's not much not like us nowadays. Nowadays, we get a paycheck every week, every month, whatever. Imagine if, imagine if you did work for an entire year and you got one big fat paycheck. <laughs> you got one big fat paycheck. So, and, and that's mamish what happened at circus time. Circus time, like we know from our seasons, is when you're winding down all the spring, summer, fall activities. So if you're a farmer, that means spring was when you planted, summer's when it grew, end of summer's when you harvested, and fall is when you sold it. So circus time, you can imagine, you got your entire paycheck for a year. So, like the, the amount of simcha that you have is immense. And what the Torah does for us, Sukkot time, is a wonderful thing. It gives you an ability to channel your simcha into something ruchni. So the Torah te- tells you take species that grow, and each one represents a different kind of farming, and each one represents a different kind of bounty. And like the Chinuch we said a minute ago, these colors of the Dalad Minim bring you to happiness, and the Torah is giving you an ability to channel your happiness, rather than just being a pure Gashmi happiness, the ability to channel your happiness to something Ruchni and a mitzvah, that's what Yiddishkeit is all about, that's what the Torah is all about, and that's what life is all about. Life is all about taking the Gashmi and making something Ruchni out of it. And, and, and there's nothing that makes a giver happy than his gift appreciated and there's nothing that makes a giver continue to give more than his gift being used properly so if the rebbeinu shalom sees that we're smachtem b'chol hatayv then that is how karsh baruch gives us more bracha and and we know that the winds and the rains is is exactly where our economy comes from is exactly where more growth and income comes from so if we're happy and we take and we channel our simcha to Shalom, then that is an insurance of more growth. So we're taking, we're taking this, it's all, 
you know, there's, of course, there's, you know, like you said, Kabbalistic things to it. And literally, when you shake it, it does things. You know, I saw the Ben Yoda talks about the south is the Yud and the, the north is to the first hay, and the second one is to the Vav, and it's to the other hay. Avada, there's Gerose and Yonim and Kavonis and Sirufim and Machshavis, etc., etc. But on a, a very, very partial level, to, that, that the Chinuch's Mahalach and Torah is that everything is to drive home a point to you. This is mamish the point of Sukkot, and Sukkot is appreciating the Gashmis and making Ruchnis out of it. And if you can do that, no bracha, no klala will happen, and that's what we're doing. We're saving off klala. What, what's Shiar in Mitzvah? I didn't get that. Shiar, Shiar in Mitzvah is what? what Shiraim. Right, but it, it, how's it defined? Leftovers, meaning like extras, icing on top. Meaning, well, what's icing on top? Because they, you're yitzit the carbon without doing this. So it's mamish icing. As if you have a cake, you have a cake without icing. You still yitzit a cake. That's where we see. That's where we see nanurim. That's where we see nanurim. That's where we see nanurim. You could be if let's say the kayan forgot to do any of the nanurim. The guy was in a rush. He uh, took these two, these two, two uh, sheep, shapsla with the with the shteilechem. Put the shteilechem on the side. Did uh, the you know shech did these carbonists? Oh shoot! I forgot to do nanu. No problem. Don't do it again. It's good. So too by the if you just make the bracha and you don't shake. That that's for sure true. Yes, for sure true. But if you don't shake by halal, you might get no. If you don't shake in the sukkah, you might get One last gemar. Achabar Yankiv. Mamtilo maisila. He would, you know, point it out and take it back. And he would say, This is an arrow in the eye of the Satan. He would, he would taunt the Satan with his mule of an esrig and say that, you know, and we know this is, this is all part of it. We walk out of Yom Kippur with a great feeling of kapara and we go straight to the Dalad Minim. We, we, we're sort of poking the satan in the eye. Rabbi Yankov would take it to a new level. Rabbi Yankov would take it to a new level and he would say this. He would say, ah, take that, satan. Which, That's not good to the, What were you going to say? Which, by the way, which, by the way, is another raya. The Rishayim says, not me, is another raya <laughs> that you have to do not know him by the bracha because you're not allowed to talk to him. How long? So, so if Rabbi Yankov is talking to the satan, it couldn't have been during halal. It had to be by the first Nanurim, where you're allowed to talk. No, it's part of the mitzvah. You left things that they get in the mitzvah, you're allowed to talk. <laughs> so says the Gemara, like you're saying, Shrag, you've allowed Milsi. That is a bad idea, like you said. Because, because you're going to start up with the Satan. And, and you're basically taunting him to, you know, okay, see what you can do to me. You know, like, Lahavda Alf, Alfa, Alfa, Havdalas. Like the coaches get very mad when like players like trash talk to all the team. They're like, just be quiet. You don't need to upset them. So, so um, that's where the Al Tiftach Pelasatan. This is Mamish Al Tiftach Um So, so the Gemara says that is a bad idea. Adkan, just for those of you that learned Daf Yemi, what was Rabbi Chaviyanki thinking? That he didn't know the Gemara Al Tiftach Pelasatan. He didn't know the Gemara of the bad idea. He just had in Bava that Omar Rab Acha Baryankiv, Penina the Satan Lashem Shamayim Niskavnu. What did the Satan do to Rabacha Baryankiv? 
He kissed him on his forehead. So Bach ran to the sun and rebutted. He could do this. That's what I saw that. 